Shalom. This is Ron Warren with Torah Life Ministries. Today's podcast covers the ego and you parts one to four. And in this second podcast, we learned about the training of the young eaglets. And this training has one goal, to fly. In the first podcast, we asked some questions. And this second podcast will cover the last two. They are, if we were created in the image of God, how do we relate to the young eagles? And number two, what is it about the relationship between the parents and the young eagles that that can be compared to God and us? The first section has got to be to the preparation of the nest before the eagle was born. Now consider this. The nest of the eagle is built high upon the mountain range and can reach its altitudes of 10,000 feet. Now the mother eagle builds her nest with all of the comfort needed for those little eagles. The eagle's nest is huge and it can reach a weight of up to two ton and can stretch as much as eight feet across with limbs up to four inches in diameter and as deep as two feet. Now the outer edges of the nest are often lined with soft leaves, animal fur, and vines that actually make it woven together by the eagles before the laying of the eggs. Now, shortly before the eggs hatch, the mother eagle begins to pull the soft fur from her own body to shelter and warm her young. And as young birds are attempting to free themselves from the trappings of the eggshells, the mother never assists them in this struggle. To do so would hamper their own survival. Now, that deals with the comfort of the nest. And as a baby believer, we are comfortable in the nest. We're comfortable in sin. And yet, Leviticus chapter 18 forbids sexual practices. We are comfortable in disobedience. In Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 to 17, dealing with Adam and Eve, it says, And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of the good and evil you shall not eat of it, for on the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. Here's the point. God does not accept you the way you are, but in spite of it. He will train you for change. But for that to happen, he must feed you first. And this is where we walk into the baby eaglet and the feeding process. Many animals ignore their young, and some even eat them. But the mother eagles are very protective and supportive of their young. And like all of the baby infants, they need to be fed. And the father and the mother eagle, who mate for life, work together as parents. The young eagles must be fed in order to grow. The parents will find mice, rats, and other forms of food and bring them back, tear them into pieces, and stuff them into the mouth of their little ones. Now this goes on for quite a long time until they start growing and developing in size. Now, in a like manner, God, the father and mother eagle, feed their newborn believers who have an open mouth. And we need an open mouth to be fed by the word of God. In Psalm 81, verse 10, David said, I am the Lord your God, which has brought you out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide, and I will fill it. 
Now, when the children of Israel were in the wilderness, God fed them. He gave them water. He kept them warm at night and shaded by the day. Here's the point. God did not leave his children to fend for themselves. There reaches a time when the eagle goes into training, and one of the first things he has to do, he has to learn to stand. At one point, the mother eagle takes out of the nest all of the comfort, the plumage, and brings little branches and thorns instead. She even shakes the nest and forces these eaglets to stand up. Now, it's very important that the muscles of the eagle's feet develop early because eagle's claws are very essential to its survival and need to, be, need to be powerful. But when this is done, she starts with the stirring of the nest. Here's why. The parent eagles have a responsibility to their young, but the nest was not designed for grown eagles. And there comes that time when the mother eagle begins to stir the nest, trying to produce within her young eagles a discontent with the old life and a desire to move out into a bigger, better world. And when it comes time for these little baby eagles to start flying, the first thing they're going to do is to stir the nest. After weeks of sleeping and eating in his cozy nest, the eagle must learn his first lesson, namely, to stand on its feet. Now let's ask a couple of questions. Have you ever wondered how the eaglets knew that it was time to get up? Will the parents have to encourage them? Will they have to force them to do that? How will they be motivated to stand on their feet? They are forced to get up. The eagle carries her little ones until the day she releases them from her. And like the mother eagle, the Lord also quickens and stirs our spirits to let him rise in power. God led the children of Israel through the wilderness one day at a time. They did not know the way, and they leaned on the one who knew the way. And in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, one of my favorite verses, it reads, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. First, the mother eagle starts flapping those powerful wings, which blows all of the loose feathers and fur away. And then second, she does what she does, which she takes her powerful beak and tears that nest all to pieces, and leaving these baby eagles sitting on thorns. Now the eagles, eaglets, now have to stand and balance themselves in a nest that's been stirred. But the alternative is not an option. To lie down will cause cuts and will be coming from the limbs in the nest. He or she must learn to balance themselves and become accustomed to the use of those small stubby talcons that are beginning to grow. This balance will later help him in flight, and those talcons are going to assist him later in the catching of prey. And then a few days later, the mother's going to take those powerful wings and sweep that nest right over the cliff. And that night, the young eaglets sleep on cold, hard stone. Why? Because she's dealing with the basis. She knows that the eaglets are born to fly, soar, and, deter and destined to explore. And if she doesn't do her job, the nest will become a prison and a coffin. God does not save us to put us in a vacuum and store us until we get to heaven. 
Our lives are learning experiences, and sometimes we find ourselves in difficult circumstances. If we look like God has forsaken us, He is not. He is stirring up the nest, training and preparing us to be more like Him. We like things to be safe and warm. I mean, cozy is our compass. Security is our standard. This is our defining boundary, and we allow the nest to become a coffin. But God disturbs our nest and causes us to reach toward Him. Now, you've got to consider this. Every apostle has had his nest stirred. Every great reformer and revivalist has had his nest stirred. And every man and woman who has ever accomplished the purpose of God's kingdom had his nest stirred. No person can ever move without breaking some present relationship or thought process. Most men fail to recognize the hand of God as the one who is stirring the familiar surroundings to stimulate their own growth. Now, this forces a question. How does God create the stirring of the nest? He places us under a directive of some tormentor. Number two, he will allow the emotions to be assaulted by overwhelming feelings of displacement. Number three, he grooms us with a restlessness that cannot be quenched with nothing but him. Number four, he stirs us toward character and tempers us with experience. Realize this. Character is often seen in great moments, but it's made in small ones. And this comes through brokenness. If a life is going to obtain a highest potential, it must be equipped to reach the goal for which it was attended. In order to reach God's goal for you, you've got to keep on reaching for that goal. But many times, in order for God to get us to the next level, He has to that He has us to reach, we have to shatter our nest. Why? Because our nest has become our comfort zone in mind. We get comfortable in the zone we are in. And God does not want us there, so He will shatter our nest. We have to be able and ready to face the uphill battles of life, and some of us have already experienced this, especially if you are in the, in the ministry or in the, in the uh, army. I guarantee it. What does God do? God breaks up that comfort zone and casts us out into new, never-before-known spaces, almost like Star Trek. Why? Because God specializes. God specializes in things that seem impossible. God places doors where there are no doors. He makes a way where there is no way. God, in his wisdom and love for us, will allow the shattering of our nest. And that nest shattering is a very difficult process. But you have to realize something. Someone once said, you cannot really appreciate up until you have been down. You cannot know what it's like to have a good day until you've had a bad day. You cannot really appreciate money in your pocket until you've been poor. But when God gives you a test in life, he also provides you with the answer, and it's an open book test. In Psalm 119, verse 11, it says, Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Next step is going to be flight training. Now, Consider this. The power of flight is within every 
young eagle. But it is at, as yet unknown because it has never been challenged. The eagles need to learn how to fly. And this process includes not only discomfort, but even harshness and shock therapy. There comes a day when the mother returns again to the nest and experiences what I would call PMS. She decides that enough is enough. The mother eagle will push each baby eaglet over the edge of the cliff, one by one. Now, what is the mother eagle telling the baby eaglets? You fly or you die. She knows that the power of flight is within that eaglet, but it is as yet unknown because it's never been challenged, like we said. The young, the, the small eaglets are going to scream in terror as she pushes them closer and closer to the edge of that cliff until he begins to fall. Now, as he begins to fall, he begins flapping his wings. And during this free fall, he beats at the air without success until fatigue sets in. And just before falling to hear a certain death, the father eagle, which has been watching this all the time, swoops down at 180 miles an hour, and he catches this young eaglet on his wings, and he raves up and returns it back to the nest. This stage is repeated over and over again until the young eaglet can fly for himself. This lesson of flight comes without warning. Suddenly, the mother eagle appears at the nest, and she starts the training of flight. Spiritual growth and maturity occurs in much the same way. Without warning, we find our lives wrapped up in a situation, perhaps where everything is at stake, our home, our family, our job, or our health. And we feel ourselves falling, and questions race through the mind. God, why? And the reply comes back from God. You cannot learn to fly in a pew, nor on the back of a rabbi or a pastor. The second question comes, but why fall so long? The reply, you need all the time you can get to learn to fly. Consider this, God's greatest men had struggles with the frailties of their own flesh. I'll give you some examples. Abraham had to struggle with deception. Jacob would war against worldliness. Moses would be terrorized by a horrible temper that would lead him to murder and to striking the rock, which is not going to get him to the land of Israel. Elijah would be faulted by his faithless despair. David would be involved with because of his lust and murder. Yeah, he would be into it. And Solomon would battle with luxury and sensuality. Here's the point. Few people pray for a lion's den a fiery furnace, an almost impossible task such as the building of an ark, for a Judas kiss from a friend or for a cross. Again, few people pray to be misunderstood, to be hurt to the core of their soul, to have to endure the irritation of slander, to have to overcome the onslaught of continual temptation, and to have the spirit of submission that, is, that comes upon them. We don't pray for these things. Why? It's because these things hurt. God also carries us and bears us up on as wings of eagles. You know, 
This statement is so symbolic of the protection and the care of our Lord. He never lets us go. But take the struggle away, and you will take the strength away. Remove the thorn, and you remove the grace. But in the hurt, there is healing, and it creates within us a vision, a desire, a passion for God that ordinarily would never exist. Now, this exercise is exercised up 16 times until the young eagle realizes, hey, I've been created to fly, and I learned how to use my own wings. The baby eagles had no other option. They must learn how to fly. God is interested that his people learn to believe and to soar on the current of his spirit. Uh, God works under different laws than men. God can take the struggle and work with it in such a manner that no one else could even consider. And it finally occurs. The young eagle is flying. Now here comes the final question. Are you ready to fly? Because if you are, Expect the stirring of your nest. Shalom. Until the next podcast. If this teaching has been a blessing to you, you might consider subscribing to the Anchor Podcast platform and the Torah Life Ministries website. You can do this at www.torahlifeministry.com. And until then, Ron has left the building.